Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. Today, I am joined by Dominique Brightman. He is a leadership expert, and we're going to talk to him about all the things that he's doing today, about motivating people and what he does in the area of leadership. Dom, thank you so much for joining me today. Right back at you, right back at you, my man. I'm glad and honored to be on the show, my man. Let's start by talking about who you are, telling the listeners a little bit about your life and what you do and anything else that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, sure thing. So name's Dominic Don Brightman, as you said earlier, and I like to coach and empower others to share their stories, and I usually do that through motivational teaching and bookcasting. And for those who don't know what motivational teaching is, it's like a motivational speaker, except I leave folks with usable tips that they can take and implement right away as opposed to motivational speakers. Like, yeah, nothing against them, but it's like when you feel charged and you're right at that brick wall and you're ready to bust through it and you're about to say, wait, why am I trying to break through these bricks here? And it's like, oh, wait, now I know why I'm about to do it. And the book casting, it's where folks get to publish their books, start a podcast or both and that's something I've done myself because I like to inform, inspire, and motivate others to do things that I may have done, or should I say, at least when it comes to the teaching aspect, teach folks that stuff that I believe are things I've done in my life. So that's really just a little bit about me. What encouraged you to get into this type of leadership that you're doing with book casting and all that? What motivated you to get started with that? Ah, uh, yeah, it was trees, man. It was trees. It was crazy, man. It was on 420 and they smoked me. Oh, it's best, which that wasn't what got me started. <laughs> that isn't what got me started. That's like, that's just some random nuts. It's like to spread around like butter on bread. But seriously, though, what got me into that was the fact that I read a bunch of personal development books and self-development books and folks like John Maxwell and Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, just name a couple. And one of the things that I picked up from the books was really just to better develop myself. And I was able to get promoted to a full-time library position. And I was also to become a better communicator, speaker. And I was doing all these things. And I was like, wait a second. This, usually a lot of speakers that are on the speaking circuit, they have books. I'll probably put that a goal on my list to do of one day. And that one day came sooner than later because I did this activity where I wrote up my own obituary where you – basically write down in advance what you want read on when it comes time for the funeral. And after that, a couple months later, introduced to this wonderful lady and was handing out these wonderful reading lists of people. The one of her books are dynamic living. And when she saw the list, she looked at the list, perused through it real quick and looked right back at me and asked where the heck my book was on this list. And I was like, um, don't have a book. I'm in my early twenties. Like what the heck I'm going to write about and she dared me to write a book. And I was like, nope, not doing it. And the conversation ended there. And then a couple of days later, after telling a friend of mine about it who had a book of his own out, where he promised a sequel was going to come out, he saw this as an opportunity to get on my case to at least join him in at least having one book out because I was asking him every now and then where his follow-up book was. And 
he asked me, he's like, Hey, well, Dom, you think you're going to write a book now, buddy? Like, nah, nah, I think I might focus on the squirrels. Who knows? Might focus on the squirrels. And I gave a presentation at a Toastmasters meeting where there was a Q&A session required for this certain project that we had to complete. And he saw this as a perfect opportunity to call me out my own BS. So he's like, hey, so Dom, when's your book? And I'm like, ah, darn it. And uh, it's like, when you're in front of a bunch of people, you don't want to look like you're scared. So I just went and said, all right, a year from this meeting date, I'm going to have my first book out there. And voila, ran home, 14 pages were written down of raw content on a notebook. So when it comes to writing a book, I actually did some actual writing, physical pen to paper writing for a book before the typing was done. Published my first book in 2016 and then started a podcast the following year and interviewed a bunch of wonderful humans across the globe and then published a follow-up book. And now I got this other book called From Crappy to Happy that's coming out in early October that actually made number one new release on Amazon. And it's all because basically taking the action of being inspired to really turn my life around for the better to make that nice little 180 for the better to shoot towards growth as opposed to basically stagnation. And that's really how it really got to there. Just really just taking that choice, making that decision to know is like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and grow and become better because it's better to take your moments of adversity and turn it into your advantage. Let's go through the books that you have out right now and your podcast kind of talk about them briefly and tell the listeners what they're all about. Sure thing. So the first book itself going North, of course that was written on a dare and that book is a good 65 pages long of content because people don't have time for 650 pages of content since goldfish are now ahead of us in terms of attention span, thanks to these wonderful devices called smartphones that make humans a little less dumb if, <laughs> since a lot of folks use them in a stupid way. And that book was basically a synthesized package of 300 books that I've read and put into actually action into my life. The stuff that I actually took from what I've read and put into my life to actually share with others. And if you want to get promoted at your job, if you're still employed, if heck, if you even want to, Look for a job yourself and learn a couple of skills that will help you to stand out in this hard time of the pandemic where we're still trying to recover, where it's been months on end and people are still trying to create something for themselves. Like this is definitely the book you want to pick up. And the follow-up book, Stay the Course, The Elite Performer, Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success. That's for the folks who have gotten a taste of success for themselves. They may have gotten promoted at the job. They may have gotten their first 90 or 300 days. And they're like, all right, what's next? How do I sustain this level? How do I reach for more? How do I raise the bar of myself? And that's even a question that every elite performer, every top performer should ask themselves, or at least aspiring top performers should ask themselves is, how can I raise the bar on myself? Like, how can I become better? And this book was the answer to that because there are some multiple keys for success in there. And one of those magic keys is consistency and commitment because those that are successful are those who are consistently committed to what they do. Like for those who aspire to become motivational professional speakers, they usually give a hundred speeches for free before they eventually get paid. For those who are familiar with Malcolm Gladwell's classic book, Outliers and the 10,000 Hour Rule, 
that's a lot of consistency and commitment to your craft to create success. And those that have a form of success usually stay consistent. So if you give yourself a good six to 12 months at something, you too will create success in your life. Because the Going North podcast, that's that was originally something where I was going to interview a few folks in the Maryland area, maybe parts of the East Coast, the folks I already knew in my network. And it expanded to the entire darn globe at this point. Because really, like that, when I started the podcast, I was just going to interview a couple authors I knew and just go about my business and keep it going. I didn't know how long. And then after episode 32, I get this email pitch from Interview Connections asking me to interview a guy by the name of Damian Lupo, this wonderful guy who created a hybrid martial arts style known as Yogi Do, which combines yoga and Aikido. And he's also the author of a few books and he became a black belt millionaire. So he's a black belt millionaire. He's a black belt martial artist who lost five million dollars and got back to a million and i'm like shoot that's freaking inspiration like people always love to be around millionaires and learn how they became a millionaire and there's this aura of mystique when really it's just a bunch of decisions that were made correctly at the right time and taking the right actions to create that success and it just kept going after that where all these other people just shot out to me it's like hey um, I got this author for you. Why don't you have him on your show? I'm like, oh, all right, shoot, why not? And then some random guy I talked to in New Mexico. I was asking, like, hey, how the heck you find me? I'm just a random black guy in Baltimore. Like, I don't know how the heck you find me. And he said I was on a list of top 10 self-help podcasts in the world with folks like Brendan Bouchard, Steve Olsher, and Lewis Howes. And I'm like, wow. Like, dude, how the heck? Like, like somebody put me on a list with these guys? Like how, like they don't even, they probably don't even know me and they have tons, way more followers than me. And I'm pretty sure their paper is long, so to speak, compared to my, like how the hell am I on this list? And that was all because of consistency. Those that are top elite performers, they are consistent. They are committed to their craft and they always get better. So that's kind of the semi quick rundown of the two books that are out and the podcast itself. Just a quick side question. I'm from Louisiana, and I can definitely tell a Louisiana accent, and I might be wrong. Where are you from? Sounds like you have a little Cajun in your voice. Uh, no Cajun here unless it's on some good seafood. I'm actually from the land of charm, crime and crabs, Baltimore. My parents, they were living in South Carolina in their youth, but I, I was born there, but that was for two weeks. My southern accent comes from listening to the Hodge twins too much for laughs. <laughs> Yes, I do like the Hodge twins as well. When I first heard you, your voice, you you have an upbeat voice, a positive attitude. You're always laughing. What makes you or encourages you to always have this positive attitude? Because it seems like you have this all the time. This isn't just an act for this show. Oh, yeah, you're definitely right. It's not an act. It's not a show. And heck, even those that are positive themselves, they always are human and they realize we have bad days but we don't let bad days determine how we're gonna feel like your mindset determines probably 90 percent of everything you do and making sure your hearts and what you do as well as your spirit and really just having the mindset of thinking like hey i was blessed to be alive today someone else didn't wake up today i'm i was able to be animated by the great creator himself to be able to go out and do something positive with my life and inspire somebody 
because there are those out there who may even have suicidal thoughts, Nick, even at the time of this recording in September of Suicidal Awareness Month, which is actually something I'm actually glad marketers decide to add to all these holidays, no matter how many, even though we have 12 months, it seems like we got 3,000 holidays for every month, but this one definitely needs to be brought up in particular because a couple of days ago on Facebook, I was scrolling through and one of the folks on YouTube, he actually, I became president a few years ago because I was a fan of his music because he remixed some video game soundtracks and put a hip hop spin to it. And it's like good music to listen to instrumentals. If you're doing some reading, some martial arts training, it's just something to have in the background and the social media post he shared was how long has it been since you had your last suicide attempt? And he himself said five years ago and counting, I have a purpose now. And a bunch of other folks were commenting their years too. Some said two years and three months. Some said three years, some said four. And I'm like, wow, like that, this is a major thing here. Like people feel like giving up out there, especially and, and not just this year in particular, this was pre-COVID years ago where folks felt like giving up. And it's like, if if I'm going to be alive, I'm going to make sure that I stay positive and keep myself and my surroundings with things that will benefit me and those around me that I love and care about. Because really just stuff like that, it's like you, you have no idea what people are going through. Like everybody has a sign around their neck that says, hey, make me feel important or at least acknowledge me. And just that gift of acknowledgement, that smile, that listening ear can really help somebody to keep going. Cause like with that post, it just brought to light. It's like, Hey, even creative souls who have folks that are fans of what they do still go through internal struggles. And it's like, Hey, you got to keep encouraging people. And I was encouraged too growing up and I still get encouraged from day to day, even if it has to be myself. And that's really what keeps me going is the fact that, everybody's fighting a battle if they're still alive and I'm alive for a reason. And I believe the main reason is to encourage others to embrace their dreams and realize that success is tangible for them, no matter where they come from and no matter what they seek to do in life, as long as it's something good that'll benefit their fellow man and woman. Speaking of that, what are some of the skills that you would advise millennials to develop and master? Sure thing. Communication is definitely the first one. And under the main umbrella of communication, I will say public speaking, negotiation, as well as email communication and sentence structure, because we have all these wonderful emojis out there in the digital space. And it's all cute. Well, good. I use emojis too. But like when the email, like besides an occasional smiley face, maybe you still have to write emails to the folks. And public speaking will put you on the edge in terms of setting yourself apart because those that are on stage, metaphorically, even if it's a virtual stage, like even a podcast one-on-one that turns from one-on-one to one-to-many, like being able to communicate on stage will give you an edge. So communication will be the first one. Then the second one would be relationship building, especially with folks that bring high value to the planet. And this came to me early this summer through a guy by the name of Doug Vermeeren, who's a wonderful guy who he actually produced this awesome movie called How Thoughts Become Things. And it's a sequel to the movie called The Secret, where it takes the law of attraction and focuses more on thought and it's more grounded. 
and a more serious film that helps you walk away with more takeaways. And one of the most powerful things I got from that movie is learning to really learn how to better manage negative people by making sure you manage yourself. And the third thing that Melinda should also learn is just basically some financial literacy as well, because that's something that's not taught in schools. Like public speaking, that's not taught in schools, aside from maybe one class in high school or college, if you're lucky. Financial literacy, that's not taught in schools. And heck, even communication, like you may have English class, you may have center structure, depending on the course. But that's always a plus, and it's something we always have to sharpen and always keeping that pen well inked and sharpened up to really set yourself apart in this world is really what folks need to know. So for all my listeners out there who might be introverts or lack self-confidence, what advice would you give them to help them pick their self up when they feel down? Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, for that, I'd have to say something that really helps me and I still need to compile this myself, is create yourself a journal of proof. As one of my buddies, Lynn Riley, likes to say, create, create a journal of proof. And a journal of proof is where you take some of your past victories where someone gave you, like you may have got a great performance review at work. Someone may have sent you a kind message on social media, or maybe someone sent you an awesome text message and you're still cool with them, and you have screenshots of all of that. Compile all of those into a journal of proof. Like myself, I have those scattered around in my hard drive because I still want to keep those memories and I never know where I may go back and catch that one moment. It's like, hey, this it's like, hey, Dom, you're awesome. Then or that awesome performance review where it says, Hey, if you're if you're interested in promotion, like, hey, let let's focus on the next steps for that. And here are all the great things you did this past year and you keep doing, or thank you note from somebody. And another thing, too, is to make sure that you tell yourself that you are worth it and you are someone else's gift that someone needs to unwrap because everyone's a gift. Everyone has value. Like for like value is one of those buzzwords nowadays in like the entrepreneurial space where it's like, yeah, I need to add value to people. And sometimes I hear that too much. At one point, I hated hearing that last year because some people would say it. And I'm like, looking at their profile, I'm like, the hell are you talking about? Add value to people. Because people are already valuable. You yourself, you are valuable. You are valuable because you woke up today and you're blessed with an opportunity not to listen to this wonderful show, but also to do something actionable afterwards. So realize that you are a gift. If you have any positive memories that you can put in like a metaphorical scrapbook and call it your journal of successful proof in your own life. Those are a couple of things you can do to really get more confident and to even make that confidence even more rock solid. I'm sure you have the opportunity to connect with a lot of elite performers and you can pick up on some of their habits. What are some of the habits of those elite performers that you practice on a daily basis? Uh, yes. One of them is making sure that a good day starts the night before. So making sure that before you go to bed, make sure you listen to something positive. If you got some good calming music, that's good. Making sure you have your outfit out and ready so that way you can wash up, take a shower, and then throw your clothes on, run out the house after preparing yourself as opposed to choosing what to wear the day of. That's one thing. Another thing is also gratitude. I always take a deep breath 
And breathing is actually another positive habit of elite performers is breathing because we breathe unconsciously, but if you choose to breathe consciously deeply through your nose, as your belly expands and then exhale through your mouth, do that a good three times or even doing it for a five count or a three count and doing some deep breathing to really get more air circulating through your body. Like that's another habit of elite performance because prana as they call it is life and breath is life. The more breath in your body, the more life you can really embrace for yourself and those around you. So preparing the night before, making sure you do some good deep breathing, some deep conscious breathing, making sure your outfit's out and ready the night before, making sure you listen to something positive when you wake up and before you go to bed. And that can even another thing to note is also to also drink some more water more often because sometimes that for some people it'd be like water, like oh no, water not doing that. It doesn't taste good. But like if, if especially if you had a heavy workout and you sweat yourself, you feel like you sweat sweat 10 pounds off your body, which I'm pretty sure a lot of us need, myself included, with the whole pandemic COVID-19 pounds that some may have gained. Water's gonna taste extremely good when you had a good sweat workout where you had some sweat equity in your life and to really rehydrate yourself, you'll feel really good. Not to mention for some of the other listeners who may be a little closer to the 90 range as opposed to the nine-year range, like it also can fight off Alzheimer's. Because one of my past guests, she actually mentioned how a hydrated brain is a healthy brain. Because a lot of folks who have Alzheimer's and dementia coming down with it comes from a lack of water. Heck, even my father, while I was in the hospital, he was dehydrated, and that was one of the causes for him having one of those crazy sundown moments earlier in the day because he wasn't drinking enough water because he didn't like drinking water. He preferred juices and sodas, and we didn't want to give it to him, but we just gave it to him, and we kept trying to give him more water, and he wouldn't take it, and he ended up in the hospital because he was dehydrated. So those are just some things that elite performers do to stay elite. Do you feel like libraries are still relevant in the 21st century? And if so, why? Oh, yeah. Libraries are definitely relevant in the 21st century because especially with this COVID thing, especially out in the Baltimore County area, there were trucks out there extending the Wi-Fi to the parking lot so folks can have Wi-Fi. And some libraries have actually been serving free meals to children during this whole COVID school year that we're dealing with because some kids, they don't eat at home. They school was their only time to have lunch and occasionally maybe breakfast time to eat. Like they are, they may get dinner, but they won't get to lunch. Some of them And times are hard and really just being a community resource for people like, Hey, food and free Wi-Fi, Like, dude, that's like the bare essentials for, <laughs> for 21st century first world problem living. So, free food and free Wi-Fi covered by your tax dollars at work, like those resources and that even still having curbside pickups for folks to pick up materials and read some books, neck even some movies, like it's still a free resource because like libraries are filled with gold and it's not just all about books. I mean, we still got books, but that's not the main event anymore. Like folks need more than books and libraries are more than books. They're community resources for folks who want to get on and better their lives. 
what advice would you give to all the aspiring podcasters out there who, who are thinking about starting their own podcast, but not sure which way to go? I'd have to say go in it to have fun and to make meaning because my podcast itself, and I know a lot of <laughs> folks saw the Joe Rogan $150 million deal a few months ago for Spotify and like, okay, I need a bag right now. And it's like, Hey, like Joe was doing that podcast for a good 10 plus years. And he he did a lot of jobs before he even started the podcast. The podcast was a hobby that became a business because he was still doing stand-up. He was still doing Fear Factor. He was commentating for UFC and all these other investments. Like the podcast wasn't his main source of income. It, he actually had to build that up for years. So really go in it to have fun and make meaning because that's really where it all starts. Because if you come into it to make money and you have six episodes up and you're mad that you don't have 10,000 followers with a million downloads, then don't do a podcast. And also, if you can, to a, if you can afford it, outsource the editing piece. In the beginning, like, hey, you can do it yourself. And I do advise to do it yourself, too. So that way you can learn what it takes to put into the practice of editing and all the other good stuff. But also making sure that once you get to a certain point, if you do generate enough income from it, or you're doing this for business perspective, for business purposes, like outsource the editing, because that'll save you a boatload of time. So let's talk about your new book, From Crappy to Happy. Kind of tell us about it and uh, give out that release date. And do you have any speaking engagements or book signings or virtual meetings uh, promoting your new book? Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Mostly it's been all virtual because COVID didn't get the memo that places are opening back up. The COVID's like, hey, all right, it's duck hunting season via the humans. Let me uh, grab on to them. So still doing the virtual things for the most part. And I don't want to be on stage wearing a mask, doing a public speaking, have a bunch of bad breath and freaking snuck under my nose because I'm so energetic on stage. I don't need all that <laughs> in my darn face after I'm done speaking. So doing virtual stuff and the book itself, Crappy to Happy, it's me and 29 other fabulous humans contributing to this wonderful piece of artwork. It's a great piece of literature because those who are familiar with the Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield, that author himself, he's still alive and he wrote the foreword to this book. And this book is contained full of stories from regular humans like you and myself who had moments where we felt crappy and we found the happiness within them to really transform that for the better. And my chapter is titled, Some Gifts Are Wrapped Up in Adversity. And that's something that we all need to realize because if you live long enough to realize adversity is going to come, you need to turn adversity into your advantage. And that's just a taste of what to expect. There's a bunch of other wonderful stories of triumph where folks have had to overcome some wonderful stuff. Heck, even one of the stories is how a nurse had to, she told a story about how she caught COVID and how she was able to deal with that and recover from it. So that's definitely going to be a hot topic indeed. So definitely head over to DonBrightman.com or even Amazon, pick up a copy of that book pre-ordered, already made number one release. And we're looking to have it be a bestseller come October 6th. Is there any final advice that you can give my listeners? Sure thing. 
take action and reach out to yours truly. Take action and reach out to yours truly because we all need each other. We're all better together and we're not butter. So be better and not butter, folks. Like we all need each other. If you want to write a book, if you want to start a podcast of yourself, feel free to reach out if you want to do some coaching or if you got some questions about some other stuff. Heck, even check out the Going North podcast itself on DomBrightman.com on DomBrightman.com. Check out the Going North podcast and leave a review and and tell me what you think. Let me know what you think so that way I can keep pushing out that great work for you because we all need each other. We all need to be better, especially during times like these where folks are feeling down and need to fill up again. Ladies and gentlemen, Dominique Brightman. Dom, thank you so much for taking the time out to join me today. Woohoo! Right back at you, man. Thanks a bunch. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.